0: embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up? And welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I don't, I don't know why I say that every time. I should have like a guest host, so then it makes sense. Um, I'm gonna jump right into today's episode. I have a guest who I'm really excited about. Who you can find all sorts of things about him online. Um, but what I love about him is when I asked him how he wanted to be introduced, the first thing he said is he doesn't know shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna dive in and just learn a little bit more about that. But uh, my guest today is Travis Fox. And he calls himself an architect of being, and he does events. He's been featured in all sorts of places, like like huge name businesses have featured him. Um, he's about to release a film called How Thoughts Become Things with some pretty huge names. I, I want to dive in. I want to pick his brain. I want to see what you know he can share, what we can learn. Um, and I don't want to waste any time with anything else. Travis, thanks for being here, anyway, man. How are you? Good. Uh, you know,
1: be careful when you pick your brain. You might find something that's full of shit. You know, it's like kind of like picking <laughs> corn out of your teeth. So,
0: <laughs> I love. Will you say what you said to me before you when you when you started with? You know, I'm full of shit. What will you say? Yeah, that?
1: yeah. I mean, I start off uh, all of our architecting events and all, all corporate events that I do starting so off with, "Hi, I'm Travis Fox, and I'm full of shit. I don't have the answers for you. In fact, you already have all the answers inside. My job is to help you remind you of the self hypnosis you placed yourself under." To forget that you don't have the answer so that you can remember who you are versus who you think you are.
0: It's so good. How did you get like where did that you weren't, you know, 10 years old spouting that? Where did that evolve from?
1: No, actually I was 11. It was pre-purity <laughs> and then uh all of a sudden I had a, a real hard fever. I woke up and all of a sudden I knew shit and then I realized I didn't know anything. No. <laughs> but seriously, uh well my journey actually started 30 years ago. I I mean don't let the botox fool you. Uh, I've been doing this space for 30 years, and uh, it really came from uh, my own psychological break. It came from, you know, like a lot of people, my life was pre-planned. You know, my I, my father put a golf club in my hand when I was five, and I was supposed to be a PGA tour Touring professional. By the time I was, you know, 25, I should have won the Masters, won every, all the majors. And, you know, my life was kind of planned out. And so that's kind of, I was just trudging along doing that. And then, you know, life has this funny way of going, well, that's really interesting, but that's really not what you're here for. And I I had my first child when I was 19 years old. And for those of you who are young parents like I was, that changes everything. Your priorities change, your entire emotional structure changes. And to top it all off, uh, you know, um, I didn't know how to handle it emotionally. Uh, My the mother of my child and I weren't together, and I was not with my child, and it screwed me all up mentally. And I had no background for it whatsoever. All the the, you know the mental training for my for my golf career and for all the things I had done and all the other sports and everything I thought I knew just went right out the door. I was just like, all right, shit, I, who the hell's Travis Fox now? Because I'm, I'm standing here and something I've practiced for the last 15 years and I'm very, what I thought was passionate about has now all of a sudden gone away. And from then what really came was you know my true passion, which is you know I, I love being in the room and watching people wake themselves up to who they really are and really creating the life that they really want to create. And I'm not talking about a hocus pocus, you know, I just think it in a Lamborghini shows up and pops up and falls out of the sky. And it became my life process and has been for the last 30 years, which is what of being is all about, is a step-by-step process. Because I was a how-to guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that goes, well, great. You know, I'm supposed to, hey, here's the deal, guys. I'm supposed to be mentally tough and I'm supposed to know what I want. And I've got to have all the answers because I'm an alpha male and all this other crap. And yet on the inside, I'm like, I don't have a clue what's going on. I have no idea why my brain keeps telling me I'm a knucklehead because if I actually Listen, if my friends talked to me the way my brain talked to me, I wouldn't have any freaking friends. I just wouldn't, because my brain says some really rude shit to me. And I know a lot of people have that same experience. So I went on a very intense journey, Went, uh, changed my entire major, changed my entire thought process and my entire journey. I sat under my mentor for 15 years, a couple of doctorates later, then I really thought I knew something. (laughs) And then life has another funny change. And around uh, 34 years old, I had my last child, which is my third child. Um, And he came in autistic. Mm. And I had all my training. So, you know, Dr. Fox, the great, you know, perfectionist, know it all. My life's all together. I've got, you know, the beautiful blonde wife and the house and the cars and the cat and the dog and everything's perfect. And I'm so full of shit on the inside because the inside, I'm still going, but if they find out, I really don't know what I'm doing, it's going to blow my whole image. Oh God, can't have that. And life said, well, okay, cool. Since you've got it all figured out, Mr. Smarty Pants. Now your last son's going to be autistic. Let's figure that one out. And my entire identity got dismantled into where I really started asking what was important. What is the real thing that's important? So for the last 17 years, uh, architect has always focused on a step-by-step from clinical application, and then most importantly, experiential. So you really align yourself with what you value on the inside, not what your mom and dad or your culture or even your religious influence told you to be, but who you really want to be with the understanding that you're not getting out of this life alive, so live your ass off and live free. That's how we arrive here.
0: I love, there's so much for, for me in that, like where I am, I love how life puts people together at like the perfect time. So we get to experience things. I am, uh, this is the first time I'm, I'm kind of divulging this and like sharing this. I'm in a, a spot personally where everything that I always thought I was working for, like all the, you described it perfectly, big house, car, beautiful blonde, like all the things that I thought I was supposed to create and have even you know, having, I want to say my life transformed and waking up five years ago, there was the the ego was still manipulating it in the background. So yes, transformed, yes, more conscious, but still somehow headed to a same place from a, from a different way of being. Right. And the thing that's just happened to me just really in the last week is getting hit with a ton of grief and sorrow Mm-hmm. and feelings of sadness and loss and then doing the work to be like what is what is in my space what is happening and realizing that i've only been building a life from the inside from the inside so i could get what i wanted on the outside it was like i was manipulating it right well if i if i live okay. from love i'll get all the stuff i want versus realizing man all that stuff is great mm-hmm. and it's bullshit and it will never make give me the life that i actually want it is all an inside being job. So to hear, you know, you share that and you're further more experienced, more time down this road that I am, it's just such a blessing to like have a, a reminder of like, you know, like keep having trust and faith, keep playing this game, keep peeling off layers, keep doing the work.
1: Yeah. And first of all, I
0: hear you and admire that.
1: One of the things we talk about and something I'm really adamant about in the upcoming films and beyond is what we call the one-inch And that's the one-inch between compromise and courage Do you have the courage to truly look at yourself and what we coined the beautiful darkness? And you know people darkness has been this has been bastardized by religion for years As this deep dark evil thing yet the true darkness is inside ourselves and it's not dark as an evil. It's dark As the place we compromise, the place we hide, the place we bury talents that we were told because we weren't living up to a particular potential a certain way because it had to look a certain way according to whomever, as opposed to just how it naturally flowed from you instinctually who you are. And so that darkness becomes the hardest journey. And so the grief and the sadness that you're speaking of, I understand you intimately. I understand it from an intimate perspective because you're still going to go through it. The illusion is that we arrive. Yeah. There is no arrival. There's a next chapter. Absolutely. Is there a more awareness than the prior one? Of course. Mm-hmm. But as you infinitely have discovered, and I think all of your listeners will agree, we're on the journey of a lifetime. The question becomes, how do you want to journey that life? Do you want to continue to be mediocre, mediocre, excuse me, and you want to continue to put yourself into a self-hypnotic state? Or do you want to keep going And what we call yada, yada, yada? And yada, yada, yada is an acronym. You are the architect, period. So if you truly take ownership And this is a great place to start. So let's start the conversation with your listeners off like this. So listeners, here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop and be honest with yourself. You don't have to answer out loud or tell your friends or discuss it, but just look for a second and watch the reactions of your brain. If you only had 30 days left to live on this planet and you knew you were leaving, would you be doing anything you're doing currently in your life right now? And if any part of your answer is no, stop, because the only person you're screwing is you. There's no points. There's no 401k. There's not a safe deposit box. You don't get a trophy at the end because you saved it all up because the illusion is that you have time and we are so good at BSing ourselves. That's why I say I'm full of shit. Oh, you know, I've got plenty of time. Says who look at a, look at the great, um, you know, as of late Kobe Bryant, here's a guy who's a a icon and bam, 41, he's gone. Just like that. Boom. Eight seconds and it's over. And I say that, you know, not from a perspective of uh, sensationalism, but a real another world example of, hey, just because you have all the money, all the trophies, all the accolades, all the guys or girls you've ever wanted to sleep with, blah, 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 does not fulfill necessarily the desire of your heart. And the question is, do you have the courage to move that one inch from compromise to courage? And if you do, start with that question about the 30 days and then start unwinding it. And part of that is the grief. Wow, the grief is I've spent so much time you know, trying to impress other people. I spent so much time trying to be cool. I'm, I you know, I spent an entire lifetime trying to be cool and realized I'm a dork. Okay, cool, <laughs> yeah. I'm a dork. I'm a funny, goofy little dork. I've been paid millions of dollars to be on stage being a dork when I thought I was being cool. Talk about self-hypnosis. And what's wrong with being a dork? Nothing, we're all dorks, we're all cool. And the question becomes, who do you want to be most and where do you align most? And if you're a dork, you're a dork. If you're a geek, you're a geek. If you're you're a cool cat, you're a cool cat. We're all of those things. The question is, can you do it with an authentic tip versus, hey, I'm trying to impress everybody because I'm on a podcast or because I want them to go to my funnel or I want to know more followers, which by the way, followers are so full of shit. No one really follows you. They're just checking to see if your stuff aligns with what they're going through. So be honest enough to share your truth like this podcast. Just share it because at the end of the day, we're all fucked up. I know I'm fucked up. The difference is at least I know I am. And I have a process by which I can wake myself up. So let's start with that and have some fun because no one's getting out of this life alive and everything else is just, how do you want to journey while you're here on vacation planet earth?
0: I love, I love the question. The 30 days, I, I wrote some things down and the thing that I'm the, I'm curious how you would answer this. So I wrestle with this a lot and I'm sure other people do is if you were living 30 days out, right, I wouldn't be worried about my 401k or my retirement, or all those things. And if I do go on to live another, you know, let's say I live till I'm 80 or 90, those things may matter. I don't know, right? We have no idea. Who knows where we'll, eight, who knows 50 years from now what will be in place? We have no idea. No. How do you, um, when you're having these conversations with all sorts of people at your events or one-on-one, how do you deal with that question where people are like, well, if I do get to 80 and then I don't have any money because I lived like I was going to die in 30 days, then what? Great. So here's my question to you. Maybe you've heard of this new thing called the internet. It's (laughs) new.
1: I know you guys, most of you are still learning it. I get it. It's got a learning curve, but there's a really cool thing called you're still full of shit. Because guess what? <laughs> now through the internet, you have access to, I don't know, 5 billion people who may have an interest. And the truth is, this whole thing of i got to get the 20, 40, 50 million followers and this stuff, fuck off, mate. If you have 100 people that bona fide align with you and you offer true value for whatever it is you're doing, I don't care if it's a garden hose or it's an internal process like an architect to be or you're a consultant, whatever, 100 people in today's... Today's world, you can live until you are dead. Calm the f down. If you're playing the game because he who has the most wins, let me clue you in. Steve Jobs is fucking dead. Get over it. He's dead. He didn't take any money with him. It's not about that. It's about the legacy he left behind. And look how quickly the audience forgets and moved on to Tim Cook and we move on to the next thing because we are consumption-based, instant gratification, ego, ego maniacal people. When we live from our mind, or you can join this beautiful community that is now global, becoming very, very connected to saying, hey, we've done this competitive thing model for about six centuries now, and there's only two things that have come out of it, death, war, and again, conquering one nation over another. Yet, if we really step back, and I'm not talking about just etherealism, but just really step back for a second, we're all floating around on this little rock in the middle of nowhere, feeling like we're the only thing in the universe that Absolutely no idea what's really going on. Maybe, and I'm saying just maybe through this thing called the internet, we might be able to work together and collectively pool and, hey, think about some other things like, gee, we're so stupid, we're destroying this planet. Maybe we might figure out how to clean it up and or figure out how do we migrate as a species before we kill ourselves internally from this competitive model we've done. And from the internet, you can do that. So when someone says, hey, I need to save up for my 401k, I'm like, well, Steve Jobs for it. Yep. Kobe Bryant other greats that have all gone through the same journey their money doesn't go with them yes it does take care of their next to kin i get that but if you teach skills of wealth i mean skills that we're talking about in this conversation versus teaching people how to be rich then they'll always know how to make money and that's the difference between wealth and rich and it's something we talk about a lot in the architect and something i lecture a lot about is hey do you know the difference between riches and wealth most of us are chasing chasing riches like we talk about cars, houses, 401k, my stock portfolio, shit you talk about a cocktail parties, which is really dick measuring and nobody cares. But wealth comes from, I can take a set of skills, I can go anywhere on the planet, and if you give me a laptop, and you don't even have to give me a laptop, within days, I will be able to take that set of skills, relate to a certain set of people, be able to create something, and all of a sudden create a living for myself and for them, and collectively make it better. That's wealth. You teach people that generationally, we change the planet.
0: I feel like I could just like put the podcast down right now and you just yeah, <laughs> mic <drop her> <laughs> Sorry I'm, for the grandstanding there. I no, just it's it's passion. great. I'm, I'm, I look, I'm, if I'm writing, I, I have this measure that I use when I'm, do, when I'm recording with somebody, which is if I'm writing notes, like mm-hmm. whether they be for the show, like if I'm writing, filling a page with notes, some of it is for show notes. Some of it is just cause I'm like, man, I want this for me. Um, this is, there's value, right? You're providing value. You're giving stuff that's having my synapses fire and my mind go Versus sometimes I look at my notes after one and I go, there's, I wrote the person's name down and nothing else. <laughs> and that to me is not a good sign. So I appreciate it. Don't you, no need to. Well, be you get 400 points on the SAT for getting their name, right? <laughs> you do. get. Well, I, I, that used to be a thing. I don't know if that's still a thing. I don't know. That was 30 that was plus years ago. a long time ago, ago right? <laughs> Who knows? I, uh, I actually, just that you say that I was at, um, I went to a, have you ever floated? Have you ever been like a float tank yeah. sensory deprivation? Of course. So I, uh, I went on, on Valentine's day, I floated. Super cool. And, um, it was amazing. I mean, I thought I, it was, have you done sure. it while you're on? Have you done it while you're on psilocybin? I don't know what psilocybin is. What's psilocybin? mushrooms? Oh, so no, <laughs> no but I, I almost, I, so you're suggesting that is what I'm getting at. I just <laughs> asked a question. I'm not suggesting anything. <laughs> Who am I to tell you what to do? I'm just so, a knucklehead on your show. <laughs> so no, I, so I actually thought about it. I did take a, uh, a gummy, a, a weed gummy, like one, which is just like, I wanted a little bit to, uh, I wanted to just like almost enhance the experience. Ooh. But the the thing that some of this is reminding me of is I I laid in there in right in this like water filled coffin basically. All right. And the first experience I had as I laid there was I thought I was going downhill on a slide. And I went and my brain went, "Oh my god, you're going downhill. This is not okay." And then I went, "Wait a minute. Right. You're not going anywhere." All right? You're in place. Relax. And it was like I dismissed the fear. Right. And then I lied there and other things started popping up, things about the way I felt about myself, right? All my, my demons, my ego is just showing things up to get me out. Oh, you and, mean that beautiful darkness
1: thing we talked yes, about? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And yeah. it was, it was really, it was the first time I think that I was able to either logically dismiss the things that showed up or actually like almost with just my being dismiss the things that showed up. Sure. And when the woman knocked on the the door at the end to let me know my time was up, I came out and she goes, how was it? And I go, what? 11 minutes and she goes no what do you what do you mean you were in there for 90 minutes and i was like that was the best 90 minutes of my life right and i look at it as a testament to the relationship i created with myself that you could put me in complete darkness with nothing to do and 90 minutes felt like 11 and it felt like the best time i ever had and it wasn't because i took one gummy that right. you know I, that actually might have had me have to face a lot more stuff that came up guaranteed but i guaranteed I I'm, I'm bringing this up because I think that I'm curious about the things that it it reminded me of all the things that it was a microcosm of all the demons and darkness that shows up that in that space, I had nothing to do, but be like, Hey, get out of here. You're not serving me. Like, or how do I dissect you and and realize what you are, how you are serving me? What Mm -hmm. are the things for you with all this experience, all this knowledge, knowing that you know, and you don't know what are the things that still show up for you that you're confronted and challenged by?
1: Oh, God, fabulous question. Hey, listeners, let me clue you in. I'm just as messed up as you are, just because I've been doing this for 30 years doesn't mean I know any more than you. Only thing that I know differently is how to ask questions that allow me to unwind the self-hypnotic sequence and the belief structures and the negative thoughts and all these things that come up for me that I'm so good at. And I'll use your word. It's not about, I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have anything to distract myself from what I'm actually could be doing, which is what the isolation tanks are really about, in my opinion. And I've done them many, many times, both on and off journey. And the experience is when I desensitize myself from external input, i.e. my eyes, ears, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going on around me, it's almost impossible, although it's still possible, but it's almost impossible to run from myself. It's impossible for me to distract myself with, oh, there's a person walking by, there's a car, there's this thing, oh, there's this billboard, all this other stuff, the sensory input that I do a great job of bombarding my brain with so that what's really happening underneath my being, a elephant word, by the way, and I agree 100%, is really going, that's really cool, but that's not what's running the show. It just looks like it's running the show, and I was really I was really impressed with, and not that you need to impress me, I'm nobody, but I was impressed with your language where you said, I am... Um, I didn't rely on my logic. I went down to my beam because if you rely on your logic, your logic's the one that's creating the distraction (laughs) in the first place. So yeah, to have logic talk to logic is like an ass still talking to an ass. It's still ass. Anyway, you slice it. So to drop below that, then you ask yourself this question. It's a fun way to look at, it, especially in the sensory tank. Where did I come from, and where am I going? And I don't mean in your current life. So what a great way to always drop down that there's something really deeper. I call it your architect, which is your heart, your being, your soul, your chi, your inner workings, your whatever you guys want to call it. We call it the architect because it's really who you are. Is you came from somewhere before you got into this spacesuit that we call Travis. Right? This is my body, your body. That's your spacesuit. And you're going to go somewhere after the spacesuit expires, commonly called death. You can sit on that question for an entire lifetime, Mm -hmm. and it's not a wasted life. But what it does do is it invites you to look at there as a part of you that your your brain will never truly understand. It can't because your brain only learns from current experience or reliving a prior experience. Or the only thing it likes to do, which is a real fun game, is to play future fascinations with ourselves, commonly called what ifs. I gotta worry about how I do my 401k. I gotta worry if you know if I know how to, you know, make my girlfriend have an orgasm enough times, or my boyfriend, you know, is gonna leave me for another girl, all this other shit that we play, as opposed to it's none of that's real. But what's really interesting and something we talk about hardcore in this upcoming film and how thoughts become things is it will start as something I really dive into hardcore, is the beautiful darkness starts with the emotional structure. What is really driving you? What is the one feeling you seek to avoid the most? which then will generate the counter or opposite thought of that feeling. So for example, if your most dominant thought is, hey, I got to work to keep it all together. I'm constantly working to keep it all together. That's because deep down inside, there's a part of you that feels completely out of control. And then you, and that's OK to feel out of control, because the truth is, what do you really control except for you know your choice? And really start to unwind those things. And those sensory tanks are a great way to do it, because like you said, It takes your ability to distract yourself away and diminishes it down to, okay, it's me, it's the darkness, and there's nowhere to run. I got to face me. And here's the irony. Your longest relationship you'll ever have in your life, regardless of how many boyfriends or girlfriends or marriages you've been through, is freaking you. So until you start learning how to date yourself – you probably shouldn't be hanging out with other people for a while because you're only giving them a fractional <laughs> version of yourself, commonly called conditional love. And then we go, but wait, I'm waiting for my other half, my soulmate to complete me. And if you don't, well, fuck you for screwing me over because love sucks. Wait a minute. That's because you're still having to figure out how to love yourself. And love yourself doesn't mean you're a selfish, narcissistic, egomaniacal asshole. It means you're at peace with yourself and you understand that this life is far, far larger than the stuff. And love comes from an internal experience versus an external. And it starts from coming where you went in the darkness and going, where am I still hiding from myself?
0: I'm curious for like, let me actually say this a a different way. My coach asked me recently, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to step into the grief? Why do you want to step into the sadness? The strange question. I mean, I'm curious why you think it's strange too. So he goes,
1: but he, functionally, it's functionally, it sets you up for a because answer. So you'll come up with some bullshit to justify the question. So for example, why are you doing a podcast? Uh, because I enjoy talking to people. Well, why do you enjoy talking to people? Well, because it's better than talking to myself. Well, why don't you want to talk to yourself? And it goes on. So it's like a little kid who keeps asking the question. You finally go, shut up. Well, Ask a question. Ask a how or what. How come you need to go into the greed? What? How does it serve you to be in that grief for that moment? What are you learning from that experience? Why is a really challenging question. No disrespect to your coach, by the
0: way. No, no. And look in the, in the relationship we had, it actually triggered exactly what I needed, which was, you know, cause like I didn't answer it from the simple of like getting from a why to a what, what I needed. Sure. And I, and I, and I, and the thing that, (laughs) what I saw for me when he asked was it, 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 it showed up visually. Like I could see the ocean. Sure. and i went most people are on the surface on their like boat on the surface and sometimes a fish jumps out of a the water they get to be with their friends up there the sun looks great there's palm trees there's all these beautiful things it's a really nice life but beneath the water there's an entire universe mm-hmm. that the deeper you go the kind of the scarier your mind will tell you it is anyone that scuba dives right the deeper you go oh, it, yeah. it gets and the thing that I in that moment realize is is when I'm at the end of my time here, I want to feel like the thing that I want most is to experience the depth, the depths of what it feels like to be human, which isn't about having all the money or driving a nice car. It's to it's 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 experiential. it's feelings. You talked about experience in your programs. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for you, like what has you want to keep peeling back the layers, Keep asking the questions, keep doing this work? you know, 30 years after you started it?
1: Yeah, great question. And by the way, I agree with you. And, you know, you get down to the, you know, the torrential abysses in the ocean and yet there's still life down there and they don't need to see. We have at least explored that. So it's a beautiful metaphor for in and of ourselves. You don't need to see in the darkness to understand, you know, and I don't mean your eyeballs, although that's the (laughs) metaphor we're talking about. I'm talking about your emotional structuring. How do I create? Where's the traumas and fractures that I've buried so long ago that I've distracted myself from when, You know, mom and dad said I wasn't good enough, right? You know, my my friends in high school, you know, gave me a bunch of crap and I didn't know how to really handle it. Even on the outside, I acted like I could. On the inside, it hurt like hell. But I couldn't tell them it hurt like hell because, you know, big boys don't cry. And, you know, little girls are always divas. All this bullshit that we're programmed to believe and are powerless to really resist when we're much younger during our imprint stage. And it shows up when you're 25, 35, 45 for the rest of our life. And so the answer to your question and specificity with that is what else is there? The journey of a lifetime is your journey personally. You are here to A, experience this plane as a spiritual being. However you define that is up to you. I'm not educated nor intelligent enough to tell you how to define it. I define it as the architect within your spirit, your being, your soul, your chi, whatever you want to call it. But having a human experience as opposed to what does it mean to be human? I would offer you what does it mean to be a spiritual being having a human experience because you were spiritual by which you came into being human and you will leave your humanity going back to your spirituality, whatever again, how you define the before and after is up to you. So then there becomes the question of what could be more interesting than exploring myself with the freedom, again, compassion, or excuse me, compromise to courage, the courage to go, I don't give a shit what other people say. And I'm not talking about adversarial or angry, or resentment just to go, it doesn't matter because deep down inside in places we all don't want to talk about, we all want to have the journey of a lifetime. None of us really want to work. I don't work for a living. I get to do what I love that happens to look like work. And that's because I made that choice long ago that I received advice from my mentors saying you'll find your passion. Well, my passion is watching people wake themselves up. There's not a greater honor in the world for me than being in the room when someone goes, holy shit. I'm the architect, I can create my entire journey. I'm like, yeah. And once you understand the steps truly how to do it, which is what the whole architect is about, then you have another person that's willing to journey in this beautiful unbridled freedom, unabashedly, unashamedly themselves, and willing to say who I was a year ago, who I was 10 years ago, who I was 20 years ago, is not who I am now, and it's okay that i change because change is constant because if i'm not constantly evolving and exploring and unpacking those those deep parts of the darkness inside myself and bringing that more to the forefront the only person that doesn't get to experience all that is me and then i'm screwing and this is part where we really have to hold on tight i'm screwing my soulmate, my partner the world my workmates everyone who's journeying with me from not expressing my full self because i'm holding back for what you don't get any safe deposit box for saying, well, you saved it up for a rainy day, Trav. Here you get your little gold star now that you're 90 years old. <laughs> you're depriving everyone from that beautiful gift that you already are. You don't have to become it. You already freaking are it. You just forgot it because someone told you, commonly mother, father, religion, and state, told you a long time ago that you have to fit in. You have to be logical. you got to rely on your reasoning, and you've got to be a contributing member to society. Fuck you. you got to be you first. That's the only way you can contribute. Otherwise, you're just full of shit. Hence, going back to the beginning of this beautiful podcast saying, hi, I'm Travis Fox and I'm full of shit. None of the thing I'm telling you, none of your listeners don't already know deep down in places they don't want to talk about at cocktail parties. But if we're willing to move one inch in courage and move off of compromise, Shit changes, just like you were talking about. Bang, like that. And it's not because you're creating change, you're unwinding the changes that you put on yourself so that you already are free. We keep putting ourselves in our own prison. We are truly our own masters that say, guess what? You're going to be enslaved to your mind. You're going to be enslaved to this ideology. You're going to be enslaved to the things and the materialism and the, the stock market and the checklist and how big my dick is and how big a breast I've got and implants and all this other shit to fit in as opposed to you're already wonderful on the inside. Just someone told you had sold you a bill of goods that you weren't, and you started compressing that so long ago that you forgot it. And desensory uh, desensitizing tanks are a great way to dive into that space where you can sit with yourself, because time is a construct, too. And the only thing that might make that really more interesting is that, guess what? In a sensory tank, you can compress time like you experienced, and you can move mountains, which normally took a lifetime to build. You can unwind them in days. So change is really quick. So that's where I would go with it, and that's why my passion is there, because... No pe- two people have the same story, and that is never-ending story.
0: I'm curious how this uh, like um, intersects with you have three kids now, and I'm a grandfather now too. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay, so Man, it makes me a gilf. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, you, you're a gilf. You you're uh, self-proclaimed <laughs> married, married, right? Still married? Uh, no. Okay, so um, but so a grandfather, three children, you have relationships. Yeah, how, does this, yeah. how does this, how does this work? Like, I'm really interested actually as you as a father, right? If you walked into your kid's room and kicked down the door and and say what you just said to me, you know, I don't know how that lands with a kid. I, my parents didn't do that, but I, I'm where I am now. is like, I'm thinking about all the things I've done and all this transformation and all the things I'm learning and experiencing and how that would shift how I would be as a parent. How does it sh- like, how do you bring this to your kids without just like. You know, unpacking it all on them. Yeah, great question. Question I get a lot too. A lot of
1: parents come to me and say, Trav, you know, I don't want to screw my kid up like my parents screwed me up." I'm like, <laughs> all
0: right, well, fair enough. I get
1: it. really all, as a parent, we all have that fear, right? I'm I'm very lucky from the perspective that I I had the wisdom, not the knowledge, the wisdom to listen to my instincts. So with my two older children who are in their 30s, um, my son and my daughter, I, uh, and more even more my elder son, uh, I really focused on. Being able to trust his instincts as the first thing that I worked with him on, I wanted him to be able to make his own decisions on his own guts, not on what someone else was telling him. He could filter in data, data, and you know he's an, an amazing human being. I'm, I'm a super fan of him, not just because he's my son, because he's an amazing human. But you know, here you've got a, a four tour special forces kid. He's got a master's degree from USC. He graduated uh, last year for Georgetown with a law degree. I mean, he's a fabulously intelligent young man, but he's still to the basics. Relies on the one thing that we we got right as a parent, which was, and my, you know, me and my ex-wife were very good friends to this day, um, was teaching him to rely on his instincts in real time and to relate with people from an uh, authenticity point of view for as much as he could be authentic at that moment. It doesn't mean he had to be like I've got my entire world on my sleeve and you need to know everything about me in ten minutes, but be authentic with that person in that moment, even though you may never see them again. But the one thing I would start all young parents off, and I, I do this a lot, is. Start with teaching your kids to trust their guts because it's going to serve them later. In school, they're going to teach you to be, you know, good little boys and girls. You get your, you know, big boys don't cry. Little girls fall in line. They're cute. They wait for their, their, their apprentice charming to show up. And that completes them because they really need a man to make their life. And men, you're supposed to go out and slay dragons. All these beautiful archetypal things. And yet we forget that we logically compress them into test-taking and regurgitation of stuff. And that is who they become as opposed to, Become the person that can trust your guts, trust your instincts, because every major decision, if you look from war to business to relationships over the history of time, at one point or another, the leader or the general or the CEO of that particular space or the king or queen had to make a decision based on their guts and no other reason, no other data. Sometimes it defied logic, it defied the social structure of the time, and yet it proved to be right, which means there's a part of us at a deeper level that is wise versus the part of us that we call knowledge or our brain. So I always ask parents, start with teaching your kids the basic. Trust their guts, what feels right, and teach them to trust that so implicitly. Because ultimately, when they leave the, your household at you know, 18, 17, 18, 19, and go off to university or college, that's all they're going to have. They're going to have to discover. So their true compass becomes themselves. And if we don't teach them that, then a lot of times you know they end up in some other places looking for themselves, which is my favorite comment. People go, you know, I've got to go find myself. Like, what, did you <laughs> leave yourself right on the side of the road and yeah, forget right the here. roadmap? What do you mean find yourself? You're with yes. you. What are you talking about? But it's that illusion. So that's the first place I would invite them to go.
0: When So there's, there's listeners, that, listeners that hear tons about trust and faith. I talk about trust and faith all the time. As It's been yeah. a massive part of, of my journey in stepping into that darkness, yeah. stepping into the unknown you know, take, I love that you describe, I love the inch. Like we don't have to, you know, you don't have to jump out of a plane to be the first thing that breaks up your fear. You can, but you also could take some other step that would be an inch further into, into, um, Mm -hmm. into that space. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for people that this is new for, that they're like, maybe they've been listening to this podcast for a while, but maybe like what you're saying is the first time it's, it like goes clunk, it's resonating. How do they, is there a practice, are there some practices, ways to step into trusting their gut on a, hey, this is like the first time or I'm kind of at the beginning of this journey?
1: Uh, yeah, first of all, thank you. If it is the first time you're resonating with that and you feel that, what we call the heart ping, you feel that kind of beating, heart behind your chest right now and your chest wall is beating a little bit faster and you maybe feel a little nervous and your your palm's nervous and you're going, yeah, this feels right, but you're scared, you're perfectly aligned. That's, that's the invitation of your heart or what we call heart pain. That's your architect saying, this is what I've been talking about. Are you willing to jump from the one inch of compromise to the one inch of literally going into ourselves of courage? To answer your question at the ridiculous point of shamelessly self-promoting, that's exactly the way I designed the jump. So the jump, which it's named is the jump training, is a 14-day experience that delivers right to you. It's over 16 hours. And we walk you through this from step one to step 14 in clinical applicational experience. We we explain it. It's done. It's a fun, a fun experience. You have an entire architect community that supports you. And you can literally, in days, minutes, watch the experience and start to see how your world changes because you are the architect. And the moment you own that and start to really unwind it, you can do it. So the jump walks you through it. That's the first place. If you don't want to do the jump, I get it. Totally get it. There's my shameless, ridiculously, you know, horribly maniacal plug. Thank you for the prop <laughs> softball. And going back to who gives a shit what Travis Fox has to say, I want to fix me because I think I'm broken. The first illusion is that you are broken. You're not. You're just self-hypnotized. So the question becomes, do this. And here's an exercise. I invite you to do this. It costs you absolutely nothing but one minute of your life. I want you to sit in a chair for one minute. Now I want you to sit in this chair when the moment you you just put your hands on your lap, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to time yourself and you don't have to count. Give yourself permission to sit in a chair for one minute. The moment you close your eyes, all I want you to do is watch how your mind does two things. Either A, it's going to mysteriously create every distraction possible. You're going to have itches and places on your body you didn't even know you had on your body (laughs) as a way for your mind to distract you, to get you to distract you again. Or it's going to bounce we call it bouncing time because the conscious mind's built that way, it'll immediately start throwing a bunch of memories at you that have nothing to do with the current moment you're in. Or better yet, it'll start doing what's called the random thoughts. Hey, you got to get groceries right after you get up this. Hey, by the way, you know what? You forgot to put the deodorant on. Oh, at four o'clock, you get to pick up the kids. Don't forget, next Friday, you've got dinner with, you know, Jim and Bob and Mary and Sue, and all this other stuff. And you'll start to notice how your mind has absolutely zero interest in you being in your own life and being present hence the term architect of being not architecting your mind i'm a i used to be a big proponent of mindset training i will tell you point blank i'm a fucking idiot Because you can train your mindset all you want, but until you get really clear what's going on underneath, you are just jerking yourself off mentally and having mental orgasms and thinking you're really changing shit when you're not. It's self-delusion. There's a reason why the great Norman Vincent Peale named his book Learned Optimism, because you got to learn it. It takes you a long time to be optimistic. Your brain consciously is not built to be optimistic. We're all negative judgmental assholes, mostly to ourselves. So let's get out of this off this mindset shit. Then let's drop into our being because that's where the mindset really gets programmed from. And by sitting still, you can see how quickly your mind is not your friend. It will mind Fox you all day long. And guess what? The bet, the best person at mind Foxing you is you and you gave yourself those keys to that brain of yours. And it's like asking the inmates to run the asylum, but do it well. It's insane. So start with that.
0: That's so good. And I love that. It's a minute. I, uh, I got given a practice about a month ago, which was: don't meditate, don't pray, don't mm-hmm. do anything for ten minutes a day. So mm-hmm. sit in a chair. You can stare at the wall. You can stare at the popcorn ceiling. You can stare at the carpet. It doesn't matter. But for ten minutes, do nothing. You don't even. You're not even allowed to focus on your breathing, but just nothing. And just be. Yeah, and I loved it. The, the Cheryl Richardson. I don't. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, she she gave me this practice and she says we're all so accustomed to you know even doing like meditation is a doing you're yeah. sitting there there's a mantra there's a breathing whatever it is and she yep. goes just give yourself a ten minute ten minutes to do nothing and it has been of all the practices over the last five years that I've done I think it is first of all it's the simplest I don't have to do anything right. Right. but it's been the most impactful the way I've been sharing it with my clients is some of them are too young for this, most of them actually remember, is like the old Nintendo. When it didn't work, what did we do? We like took it out, we blew on the the disc, we hit the reset button. For me, that 10 minutes is that us rebooting that thing. So it actually, and sometimes we do it, right? We do it now with, I don't know why it takes me back to Nintendo, but we do it with like our phones, right? What's the first thing you do with technology when it doesn't work? Turn it off and restart it. Like let it take a, a minute, to do nothing. Um so I love that practice. I love that it's a minute, because you might say, Well, I don't have 10 minutes. Fine, whatever. You're I love that that's your yeah, compromise. You that's yeah, your yeah, that's the up. that's the compromise.
1: Yeah, that that, not is that a compromise, that's the compromise <laughs> on a, top of <laughs> lying to yourself and being full of shit. So welcome to the club. Now you know you're full of shit if that's your excuse. So let's just own that. You have 10 minutes, stop. Doing all the stupid shit that you're not interested. You don't need to watch TV for another 10 more minutes. You've already watched it. You don't need to watch your phone. There's nothing that's going to happen on social media that's going to make your world prof- profoundly change.
0: Except for this, gonna... conversation. Right, this, this, yeah, this conversation. Hearing this conversation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Of course, yeah. this conversation is going to change everything. for you. Yes. <laughs> You're
1: you going to watch this show, <laughs> this podcast for the rest of your life. That's the way it's going to be. <laughs> but, I mean, and, and let's put this in context. And I love that you said that. You're not a human doing, and everybody knows this statement. You're a human being. Yeah. When will we own that being is enough. Mm-hmm. Enough when you when, if you have the courage to unwind that you're doing doesn't mean jack squat, right? And I'm not saying sit on your ass and co- on a couch and eat Oreos all day, although you could do that if you wanted to, and that's your choice. It's a journey, right? The end, the end result for all of us is the same. The question becomes: Are you willing to be present and truly enjoy what you're doing, when you're doing it, and how you're doing it? If not, have the courage to move out of the compromise. It's, Scary as it all is, I get it. Believe me, my, I'm constantly in this space and I'm constantly pushing myself. Example, I'm 49 years young, but at 48, I was called to Kilimanjaro. And I summoned Kilimanjaro for my 48th birthday. I've never climbed a mountain in my life. Yes. I remember all my friends and my partners like, Travis, you have lost your freaking mind. You're going to die up there. It's 19,341 feet. People die every day and Kilimanjaro. What are you, nuts? I went, yeah, but I got to go. And the trick, going back to the parenting, is I felt something inside I have to to go I didn't know why which is why I don't like asking why questions I knew I had to go and from that experience there has been so much that has been unwound that if I had denied myself and logically talked myself out of doing it as opposed to just being there and being present that six days has been so transformative that I invite everybody to sit there and go look go and be in this place that is completely uncomfortable I challenge every one of you and it's in your local neighborhood and I, I just did this experience six months ago in Peru myself you can go do all the spiritual journeys you want, but if you really want to snap into something, here's an idea, go hang out at an orphanage for kids who don't have parents and spend an hour with these kids and watch all they want is you to be present with them. Please, someone show me that I'm not alone. And from that experience, watching them, it will open you up to realize you feel the exact same way. The difference is they have the courage to stand there you know, alone, quote unquote, in this world without parents and go, I'm willing to love because that's all I've got. And learn from them and put yourself in that situation. And see how you take yourself into all this doing shit that you think is important and don't actually drop into being in your own life. And then thank that child for teaching you versus you coming to teach them. Start with something like that and invite yourself to see how doing something is not nearly, nearly as interesting as just being and being's enough.
0: I love how you just described it. Like you got called, you got called to Kilimanjaro. No, no, I, I believe it. I, um, I on on Thanksgiving morning, lying in bed, I want to say I didn't have the language, but I would say I heard it, I knew it. I, I heard I got called to to be take on being a vegan for two thousand and twenty. There's awesome. there's no right, there's no this isn't about like some health thing or proving any point. It was something from somewhere inside of me said you need to do this from one year. Somebody who I met recently said to me They, they, Like somebody very energetic kind of person said, Mm -hmm. I just have this knowing that this is going to change a direction of your life in such a powerful way. I can't tell you how or why, but you stepping into this commitment that's uncomfortable, that's challenging, that's forcing you to learn things about yourself. It's not about the vegan. It's about who I'm going to have to be to go from being a guy whose favorite food was ribs and burgers to being a vegan overnight for an entire year.
1: Or- it's going from who you really are versus who you thought you were supposed to be with the ribs and the burger guy yeah. to going maybe deep down inside, you weren't ready to own that at the time you were the burger and steak guy. And that's okay too. You had to learn the power sure. of not. I'm a firm believer in learning what doesn't work for you is equally as valuable as what does. Mm-hmm. So now that you know the, the burger and the ribs in that, on that experience, you know it intimately, internally, psychologically, physiologically, spiritually, chemically, biochemically, you know how it affects in your, your state of being. Whereas now you're being invited to, okay, now that you know what doesn't work for you and you're clear about it, when you move into veganism and you feel all those things that come up that try to pull you back, Mm -hmm. you can unwind how your belief structures, how your thoughts have literally brought you into external things, burgers, et cetera, and your being's been affected by it. So it's really perhaps, not saying that it is, but take a look at it, really inviting you to who you always were. You just had to go on a different adventure for a while to remember who you're not in order to bring you back to center, which is who I am.
0: I love that. It's a beautiful way, food way for to thought. say it. Yeah, I, uh, food for thought. <laughs> no, I, I sometimes think of the journey as, um, constructing a house. Like, yeah. and I think of it as, you know, there's things like me with the, the way I ate or other parts of our lives that we're very comfortable with the compromise maybe, but like, let's say, you know, you're starting with a hammer and you're really good with that hammer. You, you put up the foundation, the hammer and nails is your thing. Well, there's a certain point where plumbing has got to go in Yep. and that hammer is not helpful. It's actually oh. going to be, it's going to create a lot more harm than helpful. And if you're not willing to put down the hammer and learn or try or experience, you know, or, a or invite someone into reflect well, it for you. Sure. But the, the the journey of like you, we, I love how you, it's like, we can't stick with the things we know we can't. No. I mean, we can, we can choose that. That's we fine. Can. But there is an experience of going on this unknown. I, I just love the idea that you were called to do this thing and you trusted it and you were like let let's see what shows up and
1: yeah well the... i mean is it's an adventure of a lifetime right i mean we're all on the journey of a lifetime i mean that which is the the sixth stage of architect of beings training when you've gone through all of these these experiences the ultimate thing you come to is i'm on the journey of a lifetime mm-hmm. i'm in the theme park that we call earth I got an X amount of VIP pass for X amount of time. I don't know when the theme park closes, meaning your life, <laughs> but I know that I want to ride that roller coaster. I want to ride on that spin thing. I want to eat that, that, that cotton candy. I want to puke my guts out because I drank too much soda or whatever. I want to do this, and I want to do it with certain different people at certain different times because each one of them represents a different experience, adventure, chapter of the film that we'll call travis fox for this particular example or for you listener for your name we live in the most dynamic time in history where you can truly chronicle what your life is we call it social media i approach social media very differently and i invite all of you to look at the same way stop posting shit to tell everybody how to fix themselves stop it how about you just chronicle you taking the journey of evolving who you are? And if they want to follow because it resonates, great. If not, you get to look back at your own social media and go, shit, a yeah. year ago, I thought I knew something. Now <laughs> I realize I didn't even know that. Oh, in two years from now, I can really look back and go, God, I had a mullet. Holy shit, I thought that was cool. But who was I trying to impress? And you can approach social media from a perspective of chronicling your own adventure as opposed to, hey, look at me and you know what? Doggone it, you can be successful too. And look at this private jet I'm standing next to that's a rented one that makes it look like it's my lifestyle. And by the way, this Lamborghini, it isn't mine, but I really need to look cool because I got a small penis and I don't know how to fucking handle that. And you know what? I've got these fake tits because guess what? Seven says you need to have size double D tits because that's really the definition of a beautiful woman. Bullshit. Wake up and say, wait a minute. Who am I trying to impress on my social media? They're not following you. They're following themselves and looking for other people who have the guts, the courage to move that one inch from compromise to literally um, the courage of being yourself. Is being yourself the hardest thing you'll ever do? Yep, it is. But you've already mastered not being yourself for the last X amount of years. You're really good at it. You're a master. So am I. I'm so good at screwing with my own head. Isn't it time? And the invitation of your lifetime is right now. Wake up. Not from wake up that you've got it all wrong, wake up you've already learned what doesn't work for you and there's powerful information that so now you know how to stay true north on your compass of aligning yourself with what works for you. Because if you only have 30 days left to live and you're doing all this other stupid shit and you know that you are, that is the ultimate mind box of all time. You are screwing yourself over in ways that you cannot undo and death is the ultimate undoable regret. Start now, right now. Forget it. Move on. You'll learn what doesn't work for you. But let's go learn what does work for you. And listen, if it says to go scuba diving at 150 feet, do it. It's going to take a journey, but that's the part of the journey. Go climb a mountain. Go hang out with orphans. You know what? If you need to do ayahuasca because you need to get out of your head, do it. But do it from the perspective of discovering who you are on the inside, not who you think you need to present yourself and be on the outside. And I promise you, listeners, it will be the adventure of a lifetime that you will never forget because at the end when you're on your deathbed, and my father just took the great journey, literally took it three weeks ago, right before we debuted the last film, Beyond the Secret. An hour before I walked out, I got the call. There were just a couple of people around his bed when he passed. Think about that. Who's going to be sitting at the end of your life at your bed and said, damn. Travis, you remember that time we did Kilimanjaro? Remember that time we went scuba diving? Remember the time we we literally laughed all night because that conversation was the most important thing we ever had? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those are the people that you want to be around with. And guess what? I promise you, your 100 million followers you think are important on social media, ain't no one of them's going to show up to your damn funeral. So knock it the fuck off and enjoy your life and give yourself the permission to be free and wake up from the prison of your own mind. Please, I beg you. I'll journey with you. The architects will journey with you and this podcast will do it as well. So what are you waiting for?
0: I I like almost don't even want to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want, no, I have no passion about this, by the way. I love, look, it's, (laughs) I'm, I'm sitting here like looking for myself. I mean, it's my favorite part of doing this besides meeting people like you. Thank you, being able to like, look for myself and not to your point, like Yes, my intention with this podcast is always for the listeners to get value, to give value. But ultimately, like my favorite part of this podcast is what I get. Like what I, yeah. cause that's my, it's right. I'm, this it's is all, show. This is it's my one on
1: one coaching, bro, but for you.
0: <laughs> so I, I want to, I want people to know where they can look at, you know, find you, which is architecting360.com. You have your events there, your retreats there your course is there. The jump is there, all these things. And before we wrap up, the one thing that we didn't get into very much is you talked about the film that you have coming out and, and this is you, and you have multiple films. Is there, what, uh, what are the titles? And if people want to go check them out, like, where can they find them?
1: Yeah. So it's been uh, about 15 years since the original film, the secret came out. Um, and the sequel is now done. Uh, We just wrapped production on it, and it'll come out in March of this year. Uh, It's called Beyond the Secret, The Awakening, and it really takes the law of attraction from this linear concept. I think it it shows up, because we all know that's not true, and it really opens it up to, the law of attraction is this three-dimensional, 360-degree approach, hence architecting 360, right? And its entire approach is it comes from what we've been talking about in this podcast, and deeper. There are other things that affect how your linear thought process works. And it's going to dive into that pretty intensely. And then the action steps to do it with some other great teachers um, uh, that you know are far wiser than I am, but I had the honor to be with them in that film. And then we have the other film, which debuts March 27th, that opens up in the UK. And then on April 8th, um, we'll have the Los Angeles premiere, which is called how thoughts become things, which is what I mentioned at the top of the podcast. And then the third film will come out later this year, which is called Yada, which is you are the architect that comes out in August, September, and we're going on tour with this. So we're going to be all around the world. You're going to be able to come to events with myself and the other great cast members who are all great teachers themselves. And each of us you know, has our particular uh, way of approaching it all symbiotically in some form or another. But each of you will resonate with who you resonate with. And whoever you resonate with, who cares? Just do it. And those films are, um, you can see the trailers. You can go How Thoughts Become Things. And you can go Beyond the Secret. You can go to my website, Architecting360. The trailers are up there. You can get an idea of the direction that we're headed. And see if that imitation resonates with you. And if it doesn't, super cool. If it does, come out and see us. If it doesn't, then find inside what resonates with you first from an emotional point of view, and then watch how your external world will present you with beautiful options, and then you get to do this beautiful thing called choice. Do I choose to move to courage and to follow what my guts are telling me, or am I going to continue to choose my mind and compromise? Neither one is right or wrong. Just know that you're doing that and own that from that perspective. And one day, enough will be enough. And you realize, hey, it's time for me to move into the courage of being myself. And that's where these films are going to take you for
0: 2020. I have to to share with you uh, a story about The Secret. Um, Yeah. So when I was the, I want to say the most depressed, sad time I ever had in my life, mm-hmm. which I can't imagine what it is like to be like clinically or medicated. I know, I just know for me, the experience was, this is, was as low as it ever was, was actually when I was in college. And I went to a really good friend's house, who's still a great friend to this day. His dad is a, is a film distributor and producer. And I go to his house and on their uh, living room table, this is like over a summer, you know, freshman, sophomore year of college, there's a, a DVD sitting there. And it's uh, it's called The Secret, but it's pre-release. You know, I think I don't know if he was talking to you or your people or who about being a distributor for this film. And -hmm. I'm sitting there with them and his his father says to me, he's like, you got to I got to watch this movie. You know, I'm curious, like your opinion. It's it's very different. And I'm kind of confused. I'm like, what do you mean? It looks like uh, I don't know, like it's going to be some adventure movie or. And so we watch it, the three of us. And I didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me like back then at that, you know, it was kind of the first time I was introduced to anything like that. But I know now looking back that it planted a seed, right? Mm -hmm. It put a seed in my mind. I remember telling my mom about it. I remember not long after that, my aunt and my mom introduced me to um, Abraham Hicks and law of attraction things. And again, none of that really made sense to me. But when you called the heart pain, I used to listen to it when I was in college because it made me feel good. I didn't know what I was getting. I wasn't putting it into practice except from like putting it on and listening while I was like getting ready. And as I look at the 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 arc of my life, I'm I have tons of tattoos. They're all prophetic. They say things like life is on my side. They say, you know, they have all these different things. And at the time, it didn't make sense while I was getting these things. I didn't, I was not living a life like this. I was negative. I was pessimistic. I was living completely from ego. And now- 38, I look back at this journey that started, you know, who knows when it really started, but I remember it starting in my early twenties and that like there, there was a a journey and a path that I was like meant to step into. And it was waiting for me to take that inch to make that choice. And it Mm -hmm. took, you know, till I was like 32 before I'd have it all kind of fall apart. But, um, hearing you share that, I just, I'm like very, I want to say thank you for having like playing a part in that film that, you know, planted a seed that had my life go completely different. And thanks for continuing to do it today. Like not stopping, still having an impact, still, still, um, um, providing value, but doing it with such like enthusiasm and excitement that it's, it's impossible not to gravitate to you and pay attention to you. Uh, I'm super grateful.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm grateful because uh, like you, and I think you're, you're so, uh, I love your transparency because uh, you know, not all podcast hosts can do that to say, look, you know, the podcast is really about me. I get to hang out with these people and I get to learn. Yeah. What a great experience. So take that and open that up. And that's what architect has been for me for the last 30 years. It's not me teaching, healing, guiding people. All Those, those are words we use in the English language to define what it is our process is, but that's because the English language is pretty stupid. It's rudimentary. It doesn't have a way to describe it where the truth is we're all talking, healing, and reflecting for each other. So I get honored to be in, in the rooms with these people or in the speeches that I do in the podcast like this one and, and television and films to say, hey, it doesn't have to be this way and we all know it. And if we just, just take the one inch step, just jump, just jump that one inch. I know it's scary. I know people you think are gonna judge you. They're gonna think you lost your mind. They're gonna think, holy shit, Travis has gone off the deep end. He's lost his marbles. You're right. Because the truth is, to do it over and over again is the definition of insanity. So it makes sense to do something completely insane in order to return to your sanity, which is your being. So thanks for letting me be a part of it, and thanks for the journey. For me, using a golf analogy, going all the way back to the beginning of my life, I just made the turn. You know, I played the front nine of my life. I played it, you know, uh, to the best of what I was aware of at the time and uh, whatnot. But now in the back nine, you know, my life. I, I'm swinging for the fences i'm going for every par five and two i'm shooting at every pin i don't care what the wind is and we're gonna let it all hang out because you know what guys and gals i'm the I'm same thing you are i'm not getting out of this life alive there's no points for holding back so let's go and if that interests you take the jump reach out if it isn't me reach out to one of the castmates in one of those films reach out to this podcast Reach out to someone. The jump doesn't take much. You don't have to do these cataclysmic things to make change. You just have to take the one-inch step and then add it up. The famous saying, and we'll end on that, is you know the longest journey in a thousand-mile journey is the first step. That's that one inch, just one inch at a time. And what I learned on Kilimanjaro is a Swahili well, saying that says, poly-poly, which means slowly, slowly. Step Step by step step by breath is how you get up and back from kilimanjaro otherwise she will knock you right off her mountain and she does not give a shit about you you are a grain of sand passing through the billion years of time that she has been sitting there so poly poly, people journey on and remember you're on the journey of a lifetime so live your ass off live free and enjoy it because you never know when it's going to end
0: travis thanks you thank you so much i am uh I'm just going to say it because it's scary, but one day in the future, I'm going to be on a stage with you or in a film with you. I don't know what it'll be. I don't know how it'll go. I'm not going to force the, I'm not going to fight the mountain, but it's going to happen. And we're going to have a great conversation about how we met and how this started. Thanks so much for being here. Um, Uh, The honor is mine. Let's do
1: it. And you know, we don't have to fight the mountain. We just got to go up and down it.
0: (laughs) Thanks man. All
1: right. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves.